Welcome to the Dating Counselor Podcast. I'm your host, Lonnie Harmon, and I am so excited to be with you again as we talk about all things dating, the highs and lows, the ins and outs. Today's episode is going to feature Jill from Good Things Utah. You are going to hear the beginning of her journey to start dating again. What is she going to do? How is it going to go? What is going to happen? You get to hear the start of the journey today. So welcome to season five. It starts now. Hey, I'm so excited to be with you all today, and thanks for being here listening. I want to tell you the story about how I got on Good Things Utah and the journey that we had with Jill. This is going to be one of the most fun stories that I think you'll be a part of here because we're really just going to see, like, what does it look like to come in and say, like, do I want to have dating counseling? Do I want to have coaching? I'm not really sure if I want to do this to myself. And what does it look like through the experience of working with me and kind of just like deciding that you want to date again. So Claire, back in the fall of 2022, I was approached to be on Good Things Utah, which was a huge opportunity for me. It's a local television show here in Salt Lake City, but it uh, broadcasts statewide and it's been around for like 20 years, I think. It's very well known. The hosts are just so personable, but I was very, very nervous to be on television, not necessarily, you know, I'm used to being behind the microphone. So I went in for the segment and I had decided that I was going to speak about cuffing season. And for those of you who know what cuffing season means, you know, in the, in the bad sense, it means that you're just going to try to hook up with somebody for the winter and potentially use them just to stay warm. Not the best, you know, use of your time usually with dating. But I thought the idea of pitching it to Utah and saying, you know, Utah, you, you date so fast. You're looking at somebody you know, with just a little bit of information and trying to make a very, very big uh, judgment about where this is going to go. And, you know, you do have to use your discernment, but could we take it, take a little bit more time? So the idea was to share about what cuffing season is and to say, hey, you know what, maybe you could just actually get to know somebody through that whole period of time and date them and really see if they're a good fit for you. Because if you try someone on for a fit and they're a good fit, great day, you move forward. If they're not, then you can lovingly let each other go and you let each other go into the world with love and light. And you don't have all of that angst that comes from a breakup and you can transition into the next relationship in a really healthy way. So this next segment you're going to hear is me on Good Things Utah and you're going to hear hosts Dina and Savvy as we go through and talk about cuffing season. It is the season to find your special someone. Licensed therapist and dating counselor Lonnie Harmon joins us to talk about cuffing season. Thank you for having me. Lonnie, we're so happy that you're here, and we're just laughing because we've been talking about cuffing season uh, since yesterday. And it's really funny. Some people know what we're saying, and some don't. So if you're watching at home and you're going, what are they talking about? Will you explain it? Yes. There's a lot of dating slang that we have to be current on. Cuffing season's been around for a little while, and it refers to these, this period of time in between October and then kind of coming out through Valentine's Day where you are looking for love. <laughs> well, and what makes this time particularly interesting to find love? I think that it's mostly the 
colder months that you're kind of looking for someone to say like, oh, you know, let's get together. Let's kind of keep each other warm. And I want to have someone to do these holidays events with. And I want to have someone that I can spend time by snuggling by the fire. And (laughs) you don't like being alone. Yeah. It's funny because we just talked about the opposite in table talk, but I can truly see both sides. It can go one way or the other. You might think, but I want somebody to go to the pumpkin patch with. I want somebody to have Christmas with leading up through Valentine's, of course. Mm -hmm. So is this a wise thing to be looking for love at this time of year? Well, so the, the original way that people did cuffing as in like linking yourself to somebody, not wise because it's mostly like, I'm just going to use you for the seat. (laughs) So no, in that sense, no, not, not the best thing to do. But what I've noticed is that in Utah, the singles have a tendency to want to know the end right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And they're looking way too far into the future and want way too much information up front. So if you were to look at getting to know someone for a season, potentially you could get out of your own way and actually find a good connection. Yeah, that's so true. We really do get ahead of ourselves a little bit sometimes. So what would you say is a tip to kind of slow down, enjoy the moment and focus on the relationship in this season? I think you actually need to start with a date. Mm. People are going on dates, but they're doing so much pre-work, so much observation and so much, uh, you know, investigating, I call it, to just determine, could we be a fit? And they're having the relationship in their head versus in real life, which yeah. would, it would be better if you could actually like know these things versus just assume these things. Yeah. How do we get out of our own way though? Say we're going to sit down for a first date and we're already thinking, is that a red flag? Is that a green flag? Could I introduce this person to my kids? I mean, it's too much too soon. So how do we just approach with simplicity? I think being in the moment is your best ally when you're on a date. Sometimes we spend so much time gathering the information from this word or that word. So be in the moment and listen to your intuition, which sometimes gets really confusing because of your anxiety. Anxiety and intuition, you're like, which one is happening right now? So pause and slowly just let yourself say, you know what? This was enough information for me to go on to the next date. And this date went well enough, I feel like I could go to the next one. And you just take it one at a time, slow and steady. And you don't need an answer. We're just tiptoeing, feeling it out. In fact, if you feel like you need an answer too quickly, I feel like you are probably doing a little more cultural programming than actual intuition. Because culturally, we're thinking, you should know by now. You don't really need to know by now. Such a good reminder. Well, and from my experience, I feel like a lot of our a lot of fears get in the way Mm -hmm. and you just want that security of knowing that it's going to work out. But one thing that I found is the relationship is so much more meaningful when you give it the space to work out or to not work out because Mm -hmm. then, you know, it's a choice that they make to, to make it work and Mm -hmm. to, you know, stay together. And so I don't know, I think to kind of try and keep that open. Is that what you would say as well? Absolutely. We're always looking for some kind of a a sign that this person should be with us rather than looking at our own heart and our own choice and saying like, do I want to be with them? Does my life feel better with them? Do I feel like I'm doing life alone or with a partner? Yeah. And do I want to stop seeing them or do I want to keep seeing them? I think it takes time to get to that place where mm-hmm. instead of saying, am I good enough for you? You say, wait, are you good enough for me? Mm-hmm. Lonnie, talk about cuffing season for already existing couples. Maybe they're married. Maybe they've been dating for a couple of years. Do they feel a different kind of pressure at this time of year? I think so because you're looking at, you know, we're impending lots of family time, getting together with the in-laws and maybe feeling a little bit of dread about fights that could be happening or things that could be happening. I always think that you should look for opportunities to go on holidays 
with your spouse, <laughs> with your boyfriend, with your girlfriend, like spend some time researching something romantic that you could do together. Because this is maybe the last, if you're single, the last season that you don't have a boyfriend. How amazing would it be to think about like what things you could do? And then if you're married, like you always wanted that, you know, hallmark date. We'll make it happen. After that segment, I found myself on set for a little while, just enjoying the atmosphere and Jill came down and introduced herself as the executive producer. And I was so excited to meet her. She let me know that she had found me through the reels that I do. And we got to talking and I figured out she was single and that she had been a little bit hesitant to date for a little while. As we talked more and I learned that she was busy and, you know, her job required a lot from her. I thought to myself, I wonder if what's actually happening is that she might be a little timid. She might be feeling scared. And I just challenged her. I said, why don't you just go get a boyfriend for cuffing season? I think that would be so fun. Get to know somebody. And she didn't seem like that was the worst idea or the best idea. Uh, next thing I know, somehow we're on set. I'm talking with Dina. I'm talking with Savvy. And we are talking about cuffing season. And I said, you know, don't you think Jill should should do that? And And they said, yeah, 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 you should. And then Jill said, you know, maybe this could be something that we could kind of follow as a series. And I said, yes, let's do this. Let's do this experiment or something. And, you know, I've never been on the TV show before. I don't know these people. I didn't know if this was just like friendly banter or if this was real. (laughs) But this is the moment where Dina had just like stood up and she's just this woman empowerment coach. And she was like, yes, we are doing this. I'm here for this. And next thing you know, between her and Savvy, they, Jill had a hinge profile and Savvy um, is coaching her on, you know, like how, what are we going to say and what are we going to put on it? And Dana has put in her Instagram stories, Hey, we're going to set Jill up. Do you want to go on the date? And I think the thing just kind of snowballed really, really fast before Jill maybe thankfully had thought it through. (laughs) So next thing you know, we're getting ready to set her up and she's got a first date coming up. It was really exciting, but also I think maybe a little bit, I don't know, intimidating. So uh, the next little segment that you're going to hear is some audio that happened before her first date when we first uh, met up to do some training and education. All right, you have a date tonight. Tell a little bit about like how this process came about for this date. Well, um, a few of my coworkers and I decided to do this little dating experiment Um, So we got me a Hinge account and we started swiping and a certain fella agreed to a date and we're going to chat about it via podcast and TV. So he was open to that. So when we set up a date and we're heading to the Sundance ski lift tonight. And have you ever been to the Sundance ski lift? I have not. I'm actually a little terrified of ski lifts. So it'll be a little fun activity for us tonight. (laughs) Little opportunity to break the touch barrier. Hold on to his arm. <laughs> yeah, probably that. And it's just good to get outside your comfort zone. Which is what dating is about, right? <laughs> yeah. So maybe you could walk through emotionally the process of having everybody in your business with swiping and picking and having their feedback. Sometimes too much feedback is hard. It is hard. I have experienced that the last week or, or two, um, having other people swipe for me while I also swipe myself. And they have different opinions of who they think is cute for me. And then I have different opinions of who I would be initially attracted to, including what they talk about on their profile. So it's a little 
it's a little much and I usually feel like I'm a more private person. So this is definitely going to be interesting. So I've, do you have a couple of examples of what they thought would good, was good for you that maybe surprised you? They were doing based off their personal likes. And then they were like, this is this guy's cute. How about this guy? I'm trying to be more open-minded about this and not be so narrow-minded because in the past that hasn't worked out for me, naturally. They have found a few guys and it's just like something I didn't think I'd be attracted to or something that would they have a quality. I'd be like, you know what? I'm actually open to that. Let's give it a shot. So that's exactly where I'm hoping that you'll be is in this process of I'm just curious and I'm willing to like look at different things than maybe I have before. That's one of the pros and cons I think you could throw on the list of things for online dating because you can see clearly like, oh my gosh, they're a Red Sox fan as if, you know, which by the way, go Red Sox, (laughs) but could eliminate somebody previously because that's like not a match My dad would never like him or whatever you might think in your head because we tend to project versus if you maybe met them in real life and then found out later that that was they were a fan of that team. You might say, "Okay, well, this will bring a little spice into life. Just have to be open about it, open minded about it. What led you to being open right now? I don't know. I have been single and haven't been on a date in over a year just because of life situations and just being more comfortable with just being by myself, but I'd also want to find somebody that I can share my life with. So I just am like going to take the leap and see if it works. And if it doesn't, that's okay. But if it does, that's okay too. Yeah. So life situations, meaning like you have a badass job <laughs> yeah, and you're very good at it uh-huh. and you literally legitimately don't have a lot of time for dating. Uh, there's a there's a piece of that puzzle that I think we should talk about real quick in that you can sometimes not make time for dating and then sometimes your life is such that it's exhausting to date. So I just want to compliment you on incorporating both of these things into the one because I think that's really smart. Yeah. Honestly, uh, you don't have a lot of outside time, but then you have enough that once something starts going and coming together, it'll be really a seamless, fun relationship to be in. Mm -hmm. But the finding part of, you know, swiping and texting back and forth, um, or having the energy to go to an event in real life, like that's that that stage is really hard. Yeah, no, it's definitely exhausting. I've been working a lot lately and long hours because of certain projects that we have going on at work. And I have not been making the time for certain things. And I've been realizing that lately where it's like, I used to love this. Why am I not making time for this? Or I have friends that I used to talk to all the time and I'm not making time for them either. And I'm not making other things a priority. I feel like work is my priority right now. And I'd like to move away from that a little bit and get some sort of life work life balance going on again, which would be very nice. It's happening. It's it's we're creating it. It's like happening. So last question I have for you. Do you think that you know what you need to know to date in 2022? Is it just a matter of, I just need the application. I need to go on the dates and like do the thing. Or do you feel like, you know, like you're date savvy, you know what you're supposed to do? I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, (laughs) We're, (laughs) we're going to take it one time, one day at a time. And I'm just hoping that I can have a good conversation and hopefully keep getting to know someone and, I don't know. I feel like the questions, asking people questions are the is the hardest part for me. 
So I want to just make sure that I can be open and a good conversationalist, hopefully, mm-hmm. too. She's going to do so much better than she thinks. Uh, I get the opportunity to now teach her a few things. We did a, a little bit of a preliminary uh, workup. And so we're going to work on helping her see how awesome she is, because sometimes in dating, you think all of the skills that I have in the real world are now out the door. We're going to bring them all in. As we wrapped up Jill's education journey and she went out on her first date, some time went by and suddenly we found ourselves in the first part of November back on the set of Good Things Utah to introduce the experiment with Dina on set. So you're going to hear some audio here of our segment then. Okay, we have been up to something here at GTU doing a little dating experiment. We talked earlier about cuffing season, and this is kind of the time of year where people want to start meeting people, maybe snuggling up. I don't know. We'll see. So we put our executive producer, Jill Hodson, in the hot seat. You are going through dipping a toe in the dating experience, and you are brave enough and vulnerable enough to share that with us and the viewers. And, of course, we called in the expert, Lonnie. Now, you are known as the dating counselor, and you have been the perfect person to start this journey. So let's talk about this. Here comes Jill. She says, I'm ready to start dipping a toe in the dating world, but it's a scary thing. I've been there. It's very, very intimidating. Lonnie, you do an intake form, then a meeting, and what happens during that time. So I'm going to get a little overview of like where your dating hiccups might be coming in. We all have kind of a pre-programmed idea of what it looks like. So when I do the assessment and then we kind of come in and we, we meet, then I'll say, okay, these are some of the things that I noticed that we could work on. And I'm going to work up your attachment system and see how that shows up in your dating situation. And then we'll do some education to help just relieve the anxiety and give you something new to focus on besides, oh my gosh, are we in love? Yes, absolutely. Where were you years ago when I could have used I this? I was stuck dating. That's where I was. So Jill, you meet, you realize you have what kind of attachment style? I have an anxious attachment style. You are speaking my language, yeah. girl. Yeah. Right. And so what did Lonnie tell you as far as how you should reframe your thoughts, how you can regulate to go into the first date? So I grew up like, you have to go to college and then get married, right? So it's like, first date, I think, is this mar- person marriage material? She broke that down for me and did, like, step-by-step, step, which makes it make more sense to my brain. So essentially, we go from stranger to acquaintance. Are they worthy of being an acquaintance rather than, like, can we get married? So yes. it's been a life changer already. That is huge. That is such a game changer because I used to do the same thing back in the day when I first got divorced. This was back in 2017. Everyone I sat down with, is that the one? Is this the one? Is this the one? And to relieve that pressure and just go, is this someone that I could be friends with that's even worthy of being my friend? Yeah. That, that's a big deal. Yeah, it really translates into just letting the dating experience reveal to you if you'd like to keep going and if this partner is someone that you'd like to keep around. Because if you're doing all that work preliminary before you're even getting to know them, you're just taking way too long and getting maybe really picky or microscopic little, I don't know if I like this or this and I want to tweak this and this. Because the things that are, I don't know, a little quirky about each of us, those are the things that can become endearing to the right partner. Yeah, 100% and should be. And you did something special on your meeting with Jill. You did a glow up experience. Tell me about that. Well, I am very fortunate to know a beautiful makeup artist named Melissa Payne, 
and she and I have worked together before um, when I did my master's class, as well as a beautiful photographer named Rochelle, and we, I contacted them, and I said, you know what, Jill's going on her date tonight, she's coming up for some education and training, <laughs> I literally was like, Jill, this is how you get there, and I got in her car, and <laughs> we drove over, yeah, and we... And suddenly there was a beautiful photo shoot, did you like doing that as part of the experiment? It was fun, I've... I'm not really good at taking photos, so it was shoot Rochelle. We begged to differ. We begged awesome to differ. at like guiding me and telling me what to do, how to pose, where to put my shoulders, mm -hmm. even my hands. Jill, they are beautiful. So fun. And then you had a date that night, mm -hmm. so we're going to touch on that really quick. And we don't have to go into a lot of detail, but how did you feel after learning Lonnie's tips? I felt a lot more calm and in the moment, really, because I do tend to like think about the future. I always do that, even with work, with on my the rest of my personal life so we went on a date to the Sundance Halloween spooky scenic ride and it was a lot of fun it was cold but it was a lot of fun and it was so romantic little chance to snuggle <laughs> <laughs> I think he picked a great date yeah and I think it went well because he wanted to go out again yeah yeah so you're nailing it already let's also talk quickly about how we're finding your dates because this is where your friend <laughs> Dina Marie Manzanares comes in yes. <laughs> I love this. yeah so like a couple weeks ago you set me up on a hinge account so we've just been swiping ever since and it's been so fun. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes I'll just say, I'm going to do this for you for a minute and let me kind of pick for you and let me kind of help craft some messages. And sometimes I'll say, Jill, what do we think? Because we want you to have a successful, positive experiment right. and experience with yeah. this. So Lonnie, what's next at this stage? She's met with you one first meeting. She knows the attachment style. She's gone on that first date. How do you guide her from here through the rest of the month? Thank you. That's such a great question. So with the anxious attachment system, what can happen is that overthinking can just really go into high drive and it can really just diminish the desire to continue the process. So right now what we're doing is noticing if she has any avoidant behaviors that come in where she's like, I just, I'm just going to put this off. I don't want to do it. It's not important anymore. And so just kind of checking in, doing some like this first date, all you need to know is I just want, this was great and I would like to go on a second. That's it. That's all we need to know. Second, that's all we need to know. Do we want to go to the third? I love it. No it pressure. Mm -hmm. Okay, Lonnie. Now you get a special treat because off air, I was able to sit down with Jill one-on-one -on -one and we had a little bit behind the scenes of what happened on her first date and some dates following. Okay, I am so lucky to be here with Jill for the five minutes we get to spend. <laughs> we just finished our segment it's November and she has gone on one date and we're just going to do a little update. Tell us all the things. Okay, so um, we met down the canyon. Super nice guy, very easy to talk to. Um, and <laughs> I don't know. Um, How were you feeling going into the date? Um, I was feeling more calm because of your lessons, but then also it was easier for me to just like relax and just like enjoy a conversation. So that was actually kind of nice, especially for a first date since it's been like a year. Um, and then um, he was very kind and always observant and like worried, I guess, about like if I was cold or not or how I was doing or. I love a man like that. Yeah kind of attentive. I love it when they're attentive. Yeah. So it was very nice. And so it was a good event. And then apparently 
um, I, I admitted that I was a little afraid of ski lifts, and he's like, actually, me too. And I'm like, then why are we doing this? <laughs> I'm like, we're trauma bonding. It's fine. So we got to the steepest part. Coming back down, it was just like, okay, here's a moment where I could fall to my death, and we'll be fine. We're just going to look ahead and not down. We're going to look straight forward. We made it through, but it was, we had some good moments. Well, that sounds awesome. I think it's really good that you were vulnerable enough to say, like, this isn't my cup of tea. And then he did, too. And that does kind of create a bond, right? Just that authenticity. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny. (laughs) What were your emotions after the date? Um, My emotions were like, I did it. I, I got it out of the way, but I shouldn't really think that way. But it's like, I feel like I survived in a way of both. Oh my gosh, dating has turned into survival. Oh no. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It's like I survived. I did. I like felt good about the conversation that we had. He passed like the, what were those traits of the trust? Yes. The hallmarks of trust that I said that these will be etched into your mind. (laughs) Uh Yeah. So I feel like he was good. He ranked pretty good on that scale. So I felt like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with the second date, which he did ask. So we've got that planned for Friday. Do you feel some self-esteem from this experience? I mean, I feel good. Like, it's nice to say, yeah, I've, I'm dating now. Like, not specifically one person, but, like, I'm going on dates, which is nice because I feel like it's something I want to do and I also should be doing. But it's like I'm just trying to get my foot in, in the door sort of thing and just, I don't know. Is it taking up a little bit of your brain space or is it something you're just like actively not putting in your brain? Dating in general is something I just like pushed it out of my brain space because I was just like, I'm not making it a priority. It's not important to me right now. But now it's like I've gotten into this. And so now I'm like, I need to shift things in my brain and make it a priority in terms of like talking to these guys. I'm trying to make it a part of my day today because I'm I'm a terrible texter. I will admit that. Um, but I am just, I'm going to try and be good about all of it the best I can. So let me throw, let's do some, some coaching right here on the spot. Okay. Sometimes when it comes to texting and checking in and things, it can be really overwhelming because you feel like you have to constantly check your phone throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And if there isn't a text, there's an emotion. And if there is, there's an emotion. And then you have to figure out what you want to say. And there's just a lot going on because you're available. So you can kind of set up a space for yourself where you're doing like a midday Mm -hmm. check-in with your phone and responding to messages and being really clear about, you know, I won't be available for the next few hours, but it's been really nice texting with you for a minute so Mm -hmm. that there's not this expectation of like we need to keep each other going um there's this unwritten thing that we think if we text all the time then it's magic and that's where the magic is really it's just a connection point it shouldn't be how we get to know each other Mm -hmm. the anticipation should build for the date okay so you can set a boundary with yourself or with them for whatever you want and just saying like, I'll check my phone later tonight or um, let's t- check in tomorrow. Eventually down the road, when you're in a relationship, you're going to do like a morning, midday, evening kind of check in, um, which to some people seems like that's not enough. And to other people feels like that is completely excessive. Yeah. <laughs> there's your anxious and there's your avoidant, right? Yeah. So just kind of setting up a... I don't have to text you all day. Mm -hmm. 
and you don't have to text me all day, but we will check in and connect. Mm -hmm. That's the secure approach to saying like, I will be connected with you, but not all the time. Yeah. I've told people, I'm like, I will not text you back between the hours of 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. because I'm busy with work for sure every day at that time. So I usually do like, I probably respond to people probably more like at 5 p.m. every day because that's just how. Well, that's how it goes. And 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 you don't want to feel guilty about that. One thing that you'll learn as you get into a relationship is that there are certain times when things happen while you're at work that are emergencies, Mm -hmm. right? And so you do a little bit more like checking in and things, but that's why sometimes a midday is good because then you can kind of troubleshoot like, is everything okay? Sometimes I see men or women say like, you cannot contact me at work, period. Mm -hmm. And then I'll help her excuse me like, well, why didn't you call me? And you're like, you can't have both. (laughs) Yeah. So what's next for you? I have a second date with the first guy and Mm -hmm. then I have a first date with a new guy Mm -hmm. this weekend. So we will take it a moment at a time and just be in the moment. Very good. That's exactly what I want to say. I'm so proud of you (laughs) because really it's just be in the moment, have fun, enjoy, you know, uh, the, the opportunity to just kind of be in the atmosphere and get to know them. And well, you have so many people cheering for you and it was so fun to see everybody all behind the camera on camera. They were just like, we love Joe. We love Joe. We're so excited. I walked in the room and they were like, yeah, we're doing this for Jill. So (laughs) it was really fun to see that. I know. I'm glad some people are excited for me because sometimes I'm like, what am I doing? (laughs) You can hear in Jill's voice that she has this anxious excitement happening. I'm so eager for you to hear the upcoming episodes where we're going to listen to the dates that she's been on. We're going to hear from her about how she feels about it, the highs and lows, and kind of as she manages the uncertainty of dating. And what is she going to do? How is she going to show up for the dates? Is she going to be able to maintain her energy with all of her work schedule? Uh, Tune in, you're going to hear one of the best dating stories ever. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Dating Counselor Podcast. I'm Lonnie Harmon, and I am a licensed clinical social worker. I'm on a mission to help singles navigate the modern dating world. You can learn more about my course, Foundations for Modern Dating, at thedatingcounselor.com slash courses. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, or Facebook at The Dating Counselor, or email me at Lonnie, L-O-N-I, at thedatingcounselor.com. You'll find a full list of everything mentioned in this episode in the show notes at thedatingcounselor.com slash podcast. If you have a friend who would enjoy this episode, I would love if you pass it along. And don't forget to follow or subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss out on any of the upcoming episodes. Thank you again for tuning in. See you soon. Smile at the People is a nonprofit organization that does exactly what their name says. Smile at the People. Their goal is simple, to spread joy and light. The business was started by two cousins who wanted to carry on their grandma's legacy after she passed. Smile at the people is the phrase she told her family their entire lives, and it's a phrase that she lived. She made friends with anyone who ever crossed her path and always had a seat at her table for everyone who needed it. 
she decided to put her lifelong phrase on a sweatshirt for the family members and quickly realized more than just family loved the message and they wanted to represent it and live it. The apparel itself spreads positivity and happiness to those wearing it and to those reading it across someone's chest. Even more, profits are donated to those nominated to receive extra smiles. Everything from groceries and gas cards to bird feeders and memorial benches. You can be part of this positive movement by visiting their website, smileatthepeople.org, by following along on Instagram at smileatthepeople, LLC, and on Facebook as well at Smile at the People.